0: So, how many of you agree with me for exactly what the Spirit of the Lord would have us to hear this morning? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come into agreement as touching this thing that we we uh, ask. We ask, Lord, for utterance. We ask for that which is right for this time, for right now. Lord, I pray that you would use me to exhort, to edify, to comfort the people of God. I ask, Lord, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened, and our spirits to be strengthened. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 18 and in verse 19, it says, You know that in the past you were living in a worthless way, a a way passed down uh, from the people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. For you were bought not was something that runes like gold or silver, but you were bought with the precious blood of Christ that was like a pure and perfect lamb. So I don't believe I'm looking at anyone here this morning that's living a worthless and useless life. Now there are people that are, even Christians that can. And that is a sad thing. And the reason why is because life is so short and life is so brief. You know, when a person is doing worthless and useless things, they'll begin to feel useless and they'll begin to feel worthless. And that's a tormenting thing. You know, this American dream that people seek after and go after, it's not all that. You know, the American dream is just make enough, put away enough so you can, when you retire, you can fish, you can golf, you can travel some, you can fish some, you can chop some. And all those things are great and there's nothing wrong with it. But you know what? If that's all that's going on in a person's life, they're going to feel worthless. There's a higher purpose for us to be breathing today. Amen? That's not what you and I are created for. We're created for higher things and for better things. Jeremiah said, he said, I know the plans that I've got for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So seek the plan of God, find the plan of God, and fulfill the plan of God. And so our principle that we've been looking at is this, is if our identity is based on anything that we can lose, it's based on the wrong thing. It makes us vulnerable. People that base their identity on their looks, their position, their possessions are unsafe and unsure. Our identity alone should be what we are and who we are and what we have in Christ Jesus. And when you get a revelation of who he is and who you are in him and who you are to him, and when you look at the scriptures in whom, in Christ, in him we have, it will change your life forever. All of your insecurities will be gone and you will be set upon a solid rock and it will anchor your soul. Amen. I delight the fact that our souls are anchored in the Lord. Hallelujah. So it doesn't really matter what we have or what we don't have currently. And I believe that as we seek first the kingdom of God, we can have a lot. But we want to make sure that our identity is based solely in him. So this morning what we want to do just for a little while is we want to center in on the fact that our identity should not be found or discovered in our possessions. Okay? Let's look at Luke chapter 12, and we'll work with this this morning. Luke chapter 12, and notice with me in verse 13 through 15, first of all. Luke, the 12th chapter, verses 13 through 15. And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. So there was some sort of an inheritance dispute taking place. I don't know if you've ever been involved in an inheritance uh, dispute or not. I have not. But I'll tell you right now, it ain't worth it. It's not worth it. Put your trust in God. Let God be God. And every man a liar, right? In Luke 12, verse 13. And one of the company said to him, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Verse 14. And he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Verse 15. And he said unto them, this is important. Here's what Jesus said. Let's read. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Now, let me quote another verse for you. The New Living Translation says, Beware, guard against every kind of greed, for life is not measured by how much you own. The message says this, Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Now, covetousness defined simply means this, The immoderate desire for wealth. The greedy longing to have more. In the Hebrew, it means an insatiable craving. A greed and lust for money. Especially at the expense of others. Lust for money can only bring trouble into our lives. Proverbs 15:27 says this, a greedy man brings trouble to his own house. And you can be greedy and not have a nickel in your pocket, right? And so we want to make sure then that our identity is not in the house, not in the car. I mean, you can't live in a, in a house and feel good about it unless the Lord moves in with you. You can't drive a car and feel good about it unless the Lord's riding with you. Is that right? I want the Lord in my house. I want the Lord in my car. He rode with me this morning. He doesn't mind riding in a 15-year-old Cadillac. I'll just tell you right now, he was right in the front seat with me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he lives on the inside of you. He's not just in the front seat. He's on the inside of us. Man, you could preach on that for a while. Yeah. Hallelujah! Life without Him, well, just forget it. Life without Him is miserable. Now, you remember that life, don't you? So we don't look back, we move forward. Amen. So, in the Greek, covetous simply means a desire for things that exceeds a desire for God. A desire for things that exceed a desire for God. Now, Matthew 6:24 in the message says this. He says, you can't worship two gods at once. Loving God, loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. Now, we know this. That God's not opposed to us having money. We read it during the offering today. God's not opposed to you being rich. As a matter of fact, He calls you rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though He was so very rich, He became so very poor for your sake, that we through His poverty might be rich. Rich is not a dirty word. So say it with me I'm rich rich. in the name of Jesus. I am rich. rich. So, he is opposed to us being covetous. And this has to do with the love of things and the love of money. How many of you know that the Bible does not say, emphasis, does not say that money is the root of all evil? Did you know that? That's often quoted. Now, one guy who was a cultist years ago said this, the lack of money is the root of all evil. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of funny. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, that's right. People go out and try to get it wrong ways, right? (laughs) So it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And you can have none of it and still be guilty of that sin. So here's the problem. Here's the situation. The problem is loving our stuff more than we love Him. Loving our stuff more than we love people. But remember Jesus said, we read it, that life does not consist of the abundance of things which He possesses. Now, I like to wear good clothes, but clothes do not make the man. Jewelry does not make the woman cars do not make the man or the woman you know what you are going to be you no matter what you wear or where you live possessions are not going to make you somebody else you're already a somebody i want to emphasize that you are already a somebody In the mind of God, in the eyes of God, when Christ was crucified, you were there. When Christ was buried, you were there. When Christ was raised, you were raised. And when Christ was seated, you were seated. The mind of God, we're the apple of his eye. That's my son. That's my daughter. Hallelujah. We're his workmanship. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. Now that's something to be happy about. In a thousand fir- years from now, you still will be. A hundred thousand years from now, you still will be. Hallelujah! So you're still going to be you wherever you live and whatever you wear. It's not going to make you somebody else. Now some imagine that it might. I want you to look at this verse: First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy the sixth chapter. And notice with me in verse 17 through verse 19. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 through 19 says, Charge them that are rich in this world. Well, that would be us. That they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. But who? What kind of God? God? The living God, who takes many things away from us because he wants us to be bummed out. No, he gives us richly all things to enjoy. I've come that you might have life and enjoy it. That they do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. That they may lay hold on eternal life. So, High-minded simply means to be arrogant, haughty, or prideful. It means to have an exaggerated uh, opinion of one's importance and to be overbearing about it. The message says this. It says, tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money. And so, the Apostle Paul... He realized that one of the pitfalls of having wealth was the temptation to see oneself as superior to others. How many of you know that no house has transforming power? Amen? Nothing of this world has transforming power. Only the redemption that came Through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only the redeeming power of God has transforming power. Only this word which we meditate on and which we keep. Only this world. Word can transform your mind. Only this Word can change your life and turn you into another man. Only the Word and only the blood can take a criminal and make him a new creation. Only the blood can pull people out of the pit and raise them up and make them sit together in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad? Come on, please help me today. Aren't you glad for the transformational power of the blood? The transformational power of God's Word. Amen. Hallelujah. You are a trophy of Christ's victory. I am a trophy of His victory. When your life is sold out to Him and you present your body as a living sacrifice daily, as you die daily to the things of this world, you're a trophy in God's sight. Amen. You know, you got to preach a little. Or a lot. And so people then, they search to find themselves. The only place you will really find yourself is in Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what's happening here at HBCC. Here's what's happening to this bunch right here. We are not a bunch of don't know who we are. Can I prophesy to you just a moment? I prophesy to you that your life is changing. Confusion is being cleared up. Darkness and blindness is coming off. Insecurities and fears are losing their power. Why? Because the truth is penetrating. And the truth sets you free. So let's look back at Luke chapter 12 and notice we'll be in verse 16 now. Thank you, Lord. The blessing of God is upon us. Do you realize that we're 16 minutes into this message and we've already preached 10, so we're 26 minutes into it? God is good. I mean, there's enough truth in these last 15 minutes. To set our feet a dancing. Amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Now read verse 21 with me. You ready? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich, pay particular attention to that, is not rich toward God, rich in God. If you are only rich in money and stuff, you're not rich in God. Now, how many of you know we believe in prosperity here? We're sitting in it. We're sitting in it. And we're calling this place paid in full years and years ahead of time. Amen? Amen. But people that fight the prosperity message, really what they're fighting is they're fighting vision. Because with a vision, we must be enabled by what? Provision. And that means there must be a supply in every area. So I believe this. The richer we can get in God, all of us, And the more that we seek first the kingdom of God and the more, how can we say it, the more excellent that we function in the marketplace and the more excellent we function in the workplace, I believe more is going to be added to us. And we need to believe for that. We need to believe for people that don't have jobs to get a job. And then we need to believe for people that are on the job to be promoted on their jobs. And then taking it a step further and looking beyond our jobs as the source and know that God ultimately is our complete source of supply and that He's not limited to our job. Amen. Amen. Now that doesn't mean you quit your job. No, you do your job. You take your place in the marketplace and do what God has called you to do. But all the time you keep your eyes on Him. Knowing that your source, Jehovah Jireh, can move through many channels. Let's raise our hands and thank Him. Say it with me. You are my source. You can work through many channels. I declare the windows of heaven are open for me. Hallelujah. God's blessing makes you rich. Now, let's take it a step further. Tune with me to Ecclesiastes 5. Man, you guys listen so good. Ecclesiastes 5. We're making progress today. Ecclesiastes, the 5th chapter, the 10th verse. Notice this. He that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Nor he that loves abundance with increase, this is also vanity. Now, who was the writer of Ecclesiastes? Solomon. Solomon. Solomon was a wise man. He learned his lessons. The message says, the one who loves money is never satisfied with money, nor the one who loves wealth with big profits. And he says, more smoke. So, I don't love money. I don't serve money. I use money to serve people. Now, here's what Peter said, and let me just read it to you. For the sake of time. So listen real good. Here's what Peter said. But the day of the Lord's going to come as a thief in the night. Do you believe that? Yeah. In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. In other words, everything we see is going to be liquefied, it's going to melt. Yeah. He said now in verse 11 Seen then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons should we be in our holy conversation and godliness that's just a way of saying seeing as how all this thing's going to be burnt up with a fervent heat why don't we make sure that we're right with god why don't we make sure that we're looking for him but let's live right in our manner of life verse 12 says looking for and hasting unto the coming of the lord which to heavens shall be on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, what are we looking for? What kind of heaven are you looking for? We look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth. Hallelujah. That means those that have right standing with God, those that have called upon the name of the Lord and are truly saved, they can be looking for a new heaven and a new earth. Man, that's awesome. Woo, glory to God. Verse 14 says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, are you looking for him? Brenda preached a master of a message last Sunday night called, Are You Safe? And she's going to do part two tonight. I benched her this morning because she's kind of dealing with a few symptoms. But one of the things that came so clear in her message was, Look up! When you see these things. When the earth quakes and the floods arise and all the stuff in the Middle East is going." It doesn't say look down. It doesn't say look out. It says look up. <laughs> look up. Why? Because your redemption draws nigh. He's coming soon. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. So nothing is permanent down here. Here's God's plan. New heaven and a new earth. Look at your neighbor and say, it's coming. And it's coming soon. <laughs> Our real good stuff is yet to come. So what do I do as a pastor? I tell you, be content with what you have. Be thankful for what you have. Yes, believe for increase and believe for more. But make sure he's el numero one. As far as money comes, tell it come and let it go. Money doesn't make you truly rich. Now, in uh, reiterating Ecclesiastes 5, verse 11, it says, When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them which, with, with their eyes? Now, that's a little blind to us. So let me read it to you from the message. It says, The more loot you get, the more looters show up. The more loot you get, the more the looters show up. And what fun is that to be robbed in broad daylight? (laughs) It ain't no fun. King James says in verse 12, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Oh, I like it. Whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Because they're so stinking worried about somebody's going to rip them off. Or so worried about 6 a.m. when the New York Stock Exchange opens up. They're tossing and turning in their mansions. The message says, Hard and honest work earns a good night's sleep, whether supper is beans or steak. But a rich man's belly gives him insomnia. Now here's the big key to this. In verse 19 in the King James Ecclesiastes 5, it says, Every man, that's you and that's me, Also to whom God has given riches and wealth. That's us. He's given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion. And I love this. And to rejoice in his labor. Read the last part. Can we read it just a might bit stronger? This is the gift. It's the gift of God. The ability to enjoy it. It Is the blessing. Of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's being rich. To rejoice with the wife of thy youth, whether you live in an apartment, whether you own a home, whether you live in a condo, you can't beat a good night's sleep. You can't beat having sons and daughters. Serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can't beat having a nice cup of pizza in the morning or Starbucks. God is good. Say it with me life is good. Now, listen. When you can and I can enjoy the blessing with our family and with our friends and with our church, that's life. When the blessing's upon you, he'll strengthen you to serve him with all your might. He'll add to you what's needed in your life. In closing, look at Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you happy in your heart today? I love that song. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he's watching over me. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean we don't run into some difficulties. That doesn't mean we don't run into some giants. But when you learn to fight the good fight of faith, you just look the devil right in the face and say, what's up? You want some more of this? <laughs> and by the way, we're teaching Wednesday nights on fighting the good fight of faith. And so if you want to learn a little bit more about the armor of God, come on or download it and you'll be blessed. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord. So who's speaking? Thus says the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. So we're not to do that, right? Here's what we're to do. Let's read it together. Verse 24. But let him that glory glorieth in this, that he understands and knoweth me. That I am the Lord, which exercised loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. In these things I delight. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. And here's what Jesus said. He said, this is life eternal. That you might know thee. That they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I'm glad this morning that I know somebody. I'm glad I know the Creator. And that makes me a somebody. And that makes you a somebody. Did you get anything out of it today? Let's raise our hands and give Him praise. Hallelujah.